whether you are a parishioner who tries to faithfully attend Mass, or perhaps one who's allowed one's religious obligations to God to be dominated by the world's agenda, whether you're a visitor to our community, a person who attends a different church, or maybe you don't belong to any church, <clears throat> or even if you're not sure what it is you believe in anymore. Welcome. It is always by grace that we gather for worship. Know, trust this one simple truth. No matter what condition your life may be in, no matter what you struggle with, God came into this world for you. His one desire is that you allow yourself to trust him, allow him to richly bless you this holy day with his peace, <clears throat> a peace this world is powerless to give or take away. It's a peace that can transform your life if you allow it. Now you may have noticed that there is an icon of the nativity in front of the sanctuary. This is a tradition much more in common with the 23 Eastern churches that are in communion with Rome and in all the Orthodox churches. And in the sanctuary is a nativity set, which is more traditional of the Catholic Church and a growing number of Protestant churches. <clears throat> the icon and the nativity set are not works of art. Rather, they are windows, inviting us to peer into a different reality, instruments that call us to employ our free will to encounter the living mystery that pulsates through this holy morning, the central mystery of Christianity. God became one with man, so man can become one with God. In the Eastern Church's theology, our proclamation is even more bold. God became man, so man can become God. Man does not become God by nature, of course not. But by one's union with God, one is grace to daily become more like God, drawing closer to the divine image one was created with. And each of the gospel readings for all the Christmas masses points us to this mystery, no matter who we are, even if, especially if, our faith has suffered severe assaults from all the trials and the scandals of this life. The gospel of Christmas vigil presented us with the genealogy of Jesus, the Son of God, and for most of us, the, the, the genealogy, let's face it, it's boring as all get out. And we can't help but ask, well, wow, good God, why do we have to listen to this list of names that, that we, none of it, we don't know what these people, who these people are. But the genealogy has an internal logic to it. It reminds us that the passage of human history and all the accumulations and layer upon layer upon layer of sin, all the evils the human heart is capable of, including yours, including mine, are not obstacles to God. He is the author of human history. He is the end of human history. And just as he was active in past generations, so too he is active now 
in the history of our moment of time, in each of our personal histories, leading us to the end he desires. It was from that ancient morass of evil, debauchery, political intrigue over so many generations that the Father would send his Son at a precise moment of history. It is through the contemporary morass of evil, debauchery, political intrigue, that the Father will send his Son yet again for the last time to bring human history to an end. The Gospel of Christmas night had angels proclaiming the good news to the shepherds. It's important to remember that at that time, shepherds were considered to be worthless ruffians, thieves, the scum of the earth. No decent person would associate with them. Not surprisingly, they were the ones of that society who had so little to hope for. And yet it was to them, not the temple priests, not the scribes, not the Pharisees, not the scholars of the law, but to the shepherds that the message was given. A Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. Now notice how Luke makes it very personal in his gospel. It was not enough to say the Savior is born for all mankind. The Savior is born for all humanity. Nuh-uh. For whom is he born, says the angel? For you. This was the emphatic message of the gospel. And because the gospel is a living word, that message is the same today. Jesus was born for you. He is your Savior. He is my Savior. He is the Savior of every human being, past, present, and future. God never treats us as if we're a mindless school of fish or some collective. Rather, he treats us as he sees us, his precious sons and daughters. It is sad. It's tragic. That so many of us do not see ourselves this way. The Gospel of Christmas morning, my favorite, the one we just heard, tells us, and this life was the light of the human race, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The divine light that took on human flesh now radiates through the human flesh of Jesus, the flesh he took through the consent of the Virgin Mary. But there is more. The flesh of all who believe, that is, all who accept Jesus and struggle to live as his disciple, is empowered to radiate the divine light, to become living icons in the world. This is the work of divine grace, reassuring us there is no darkness in this life that the light of Christ cannot break through. Never, never underestimate the light of Christ within you and the great work he can accomplish through you. 
Now, some might object and say, well, Father, that's all very nice, but it's, not, but just, it's just pleasant but abstract theology. It has no practicality. Oh, I beg to differ. It's very practical. All truth is practical. Every one of us has come into this church this morning with our unique struggles. Perhaps it's a relentless financial stress and the uncertainty of how the bills are going to get paid. For some, it's struggling with the uncertainties of a serious illness. For some, all the secular trappings of Christmas have become something to be dreaded because it churns up painful memories, and for them, Christmas can't be over fast enough. For others, the light of Christmas is overshadowed by the exhaustion of caring for a loved one whose body or mind grows weaker. For some, this is the first Christmas where there is an empty space at the kitchen table because a loved one's pilgrimage in this life has come to its end. Every single one of us can add our own unique struggle to the list. And yet, the message expressed this holy morning The mystery that the icon, the nativity set, the divine liturgy, the mass points us to is that God has broken through anything and everything that would tempt us to despair. His light, his unconditional love for us, this moment can breach every form of darkness this world seeks to impose on us. The Lord gives us a reason to hope that this period of history we now live in, over which we feel so powerless to exercise any control, is under his love. And he will guide us to our proper end if only we allow ourselves to be loved by him and to trust him. That is the real meaning of Christmas.